guys. Good to see you today. Welcome to our Thursday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. We continue our chronological walk through Scripture, and we are in the beginning of the Gospels. So again, it's, it's going to be a little challenging because um, the Gospels will read a little bit uh, from this chapter and then skip to the chapter in Mark and then skip to the chapter in Luke because they're saying many times saying the same thing. Sometimes it's not in the exact same order but we're going to work through all of that. So just hang in there. We are going to be looking in Luke chapters four through six today, Mark chapters one through three, Matthew chapter four, and then verses eight and nine. So last week we kind of looked at John and John had Jesus moving from uh, traveling from Galilee all the way down into Jerusalem for the Passover um, feast. And that's where Jesus uh, cleared the temple. Um, the synoptic gospels uh, don't really reflect all of those different trips back and forth that Jesus probably would have made to Jerusalem. And so the synoptic gospels here are beginning with Jesus's Galilean ministry. And remember the Galilean ministry, Galilee is up in the north, closer to Syria. Then you would come down towards Jerusalem. You would either have to go around or go through Samaria and then you would reach Jerusalem. So uh, Nazareth is obviously in northern Galilee. So Jesus begins his ministry, his Galilean ministry in Matthew, is chapter 4, uh, verses 12 uh, through 22. Matthew, you will notice, many times has a connection with the Old Testament, and we'll put in uh, references to Old Testament verses. Again, he is very, um, it's very important to Matthew to connect that Jesus is the Messiah that was talked about in the Old Testament. So you have Jesus uh, departing, leaving Nazareth and, and uh, in the Galilee area. Um, it says, uh, verse 15 of Matthew chapter 4, the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee to the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. So that um, is from Isaiah. And then verse 17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then you have the calling of the four disciples. It's calling Andrew and Simon and then James and John. Um, in Mark uh, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20, you have the calling of the disciples, that, and Jesus uh, is, is beginning to preach and saying, the time has been fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That's verse 15 of Mark chapter 1. Um, then it talks about the Simon and Andrew and then James and John. Uh, so I, I want to stop there for a minute because one of the things that's extremely important here is basically the, the, the theme of Jesus' ministry, of his preaching and teaching is what? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, the kingdom of God is a, a, a wonderful picture and we're going to see lots of examples of what that looks like and, and people enjoy talking about the kingdom of God. Uh, because it's, it's it's where God desires for us to live. That's where he created us to live. And it's a lot better place than, than just this world. However, we don't uh, always like to hear 
the other part of the message that Jesus came to proclaim. He didn't just come to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, which what that means is it requires a new way of living. It requires a change in direction. That's what repentance means. So it's repentance from sin, but it's doing things differently. In order to be part of the kingdom of God, you can't view things, you can't see things as the world sees them. You have to see them from a kingly perspective, from a godly perspective. And, and, and so all of us have things that we have to repent from. And whether it's sinfulness, whether it's mis, misheld beliefs and understandings, whether it's unhealthy perceptions, certain idols that we all kind of start gravitating towards, we have to be always looking, what are those areas in our life that we need to repent, that we need to a change in direction of, so that we can truly experience the blessings of the kingdom of God. And and I, I as we've talked about before, um, Jesus is offering unbelievable mercy and grace and love, but he's also calling to repentance. He is he is reminding us that there is a wrong way to live, that we need to live the right way. And, you know, that that's not a popular message today. And we don't want to to tell people that they're living a wrong way. But but Jesus did. But he did it in grace and he did it offering mercy and offering the opportunity to repent right, so that everyone can enter into the kingdom of God. That is his desire. And that should be our desire as well. Then you have uh, verse uh, chapter four in Luke, which talks about, uh, again, still in Galilee in Nazareth, but sees how Jesus is actually kind of pushed out of Nazareth um, in a very real and, and uh, an interesting manner. You look in chapter four, starting in verse 14 of, of Luke, verse 15 says, and he taught in their synagogues, uh, being glorified by all. So Jesus was teaching in Nazareth. He was teaching in the synagogues. Um, he opened up uh, the scripture, opened up to Isaiah and read this in Nazareth. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the access, acceptable year of our Lord. So what, what's going on is Jesus is um, opening up and choosing these passages that are talking about the Messiah. And it's very clear um, what is, is being being portrayed here and says, as Jesus continued, uh, verse 21 of chapter four of Luke, he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So they all kind of question, say, hey, isn't this Joseph's son? What, what is this guy talking about? This is, this is not, not good. They, they do not like what Jesus is saying. Um, Jesus uh, said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself, whatever we have heard heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Right? So they were okay with the, the healing, but when Jesus started to put, teach what was behind the healing, they became very uncomfortable uh, to the point that they wanted to throw him over a cliff. 
but Jesus walks through the crowd. And kind of an interesting thing, with, it's one of those things I'd like more details on. Um, how, how did Jesus get out of that predicament? And did he talk his way out? Did somebody stop and allow him to walk through? Or was it just a complete miracle that Jesus was able to escape? We really, we don't, we don't know fully. But we do know he does escape. And so then we start to see some similar things in um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke um, of different healings that are very significant um, that, that kind of escalate Jesus' uh, messiahship, that it becomes very clear that he is not just a normal healer, he is not just a normal teacher, that there is something much bigger about him. So as you look in Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28, you have Jesus casting out a unclean spirit. And the spirit says, uh, verse 23, Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? Um, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, come out of, it, come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed uh, him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Um, then you have in Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 37, the same thing. So now Jesus, and uh, they've been moving from Galilee, now down into Capernaum, um, which is in the area is in uh, is in the area of Galilee. Galilee is not a city. Galilee is an area. So think of it as a county. Um, it's a it's an area there. There are multiple cities. Nazareth is in Galilee. Capernaum is in Galilee, which kind of became Jesus's base of operation. And and so you have Luke chapter four, uh, thirty one through thirty seven, that where Jesus again cleanses the the man of the demons and he tells them to be quiet right he doesn't want his um he, he doesn't want things to be known yet of exactly who he is people are already curious enough um he is he is being strategic this is important um, for jesus then matthew chapter 8 verses 14 through 17 you have peter's mother-in-law uh, being healed um, in in matthew uh, there in chapter 17 says that that this was done um, uh, to fulfill what was spoke, spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So again, Matthew always kind of connecting uh, back to the Old Testament. Mark chapter 1, 29 through 34, um, talks about uh, um, Jesus in Simon's house. Um, and then verse 32, it says, At the evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick um, and who were demon-possessed, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Um, Luke chapter 4, um, verse 38 through 41, talks about being at Simon's house, healing many people from sickness as well as demons. Um, then you have... Uh, as they're beginning to depart um, uh, Capernaum, uh, you have Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25, where Jesus, again, is healing many people, and people are starting to come from all around. And then you have Jesus starting to uh, preach in Mark chapter 1, 35 through 39, Luke chapter 4, verses 42 uh, through uh, uh, into the beginning of chapter 5. 
that they that he is beginning to teach. There's lots of crowds starting together. Um, it's becoming more difficult. And Jesus talks about needing to go to other towns to, to continue to spread this message. But it, um, it, it's going to be get, get, it's getting more difficult now. Luke chapter 5, this is where Luke has the calling of the disciples. And more than likely what is going on is Jesus begins his ministry without calling his disciples. Um, he begins teaching and there's probably some healings. Um, and then he calls the disciples. So they had heard about him. And then when he asked them to follow him, they, they made that very difficult and brave choice to actually follow him. But so Luke kind of has it at this, this point, and he attaches a miracle to the calling of uh, Simon and Peter and that they're fishing. And Jesus tells them to throw the, the net out and they catch uh, a ton, and Jesus tells them, you're not going to just be uh, fishermen, you're going to be fishers of men, right? Just a, a really powerful scene there, um, As and you can clearly see um, Peter um, becoming the leader, um, and, and kind of, it makes sense, Luke is telling how that happened. And I, I love in Luke chapter 5, verses 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Right? So Peter, Peter recognizes um, how inadequate he is, but yet Jesus asked him to follow me. Then you have uh, the cleansing of the leper, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Um, the leper saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus uh, put out his hand, touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Um, and immediately he was healed. And then he, he told the leper, um, do not you know, go to the priest, offer the cleansing, because as a leper, you couldn't even enter into the temple. You couldn't enter um, and go through that. So Jesus is saying, go through the cleansing process, but don't let them know what's going on. Because again, he's trying to keep things kind of subdued at this point. Um, but of course, the leper understandably um, does not um, fully listen to Jesus. He goes to the, the temple and I'm sure what happens is the priest asks him, well, how did this happen? And he said, uh, Jesus healed me. Right? And so the, the word starts spreading. You see that in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, that uh, Jesus, again, uh, heals this leper. Uh, Luke chapter 5, 12 through 16, also uh, talks about uh, cleansing and healing the, the leper. And then you have in Matthew chapter 9, and then uh, in Mark 2 and Luke uh, 5, the end of Luke 5, things kind of escalate. Because now it's, it's moving from Jesus being a, a healer and calling people to follow him to now he's, he's actually really starting to confront the religious structure. Um, and because he's starting to talk about sins and forgiving of sins. So in Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 17, um, it talks about how he gets on a boat, goes, uh, uh, crosses the, the lake, um, begins teaching. Um, it heals a paralytic, says, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. And at once the scribes uh, said, this man blasphemes. And then he goes and meets Matthew, a tax collector, goes and eats with Matthew, calls Matthew to follow him. 
And they're saying, why are you going to the tax collectors? That's where he says, it is not the well who need a doctor, but it is the sick um, that he is going to reach out to those who need forgiveness, who society has turned their back on. And, and then you have uh, the religious leaders asking him about fasting, why his disciples aren't following the same principles. He says, uh, verse 17 of Matthew chapter 9 says, Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So what is he saying? He said, the structure needs to be changed, not the message itself. Right? But Jesus is coming. The, the structure that the religious leaders had made needed to be broken. And the message that God has been proclaiming from the beginning was the same, but it needed a new structure. It needed things to change. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 22 sees the same thing. This is where the friends lower the man through the ceiling, um, and he heals the paralytic, and he forgives his sins, forgives his sins first, and then heals, and the people get very upset. This talks about Matthew's uh, call. Um, he also talks about the new wine into uh, old wine into new wine skins. Um, Luke chapter 5, 17 through 39, um, Jesus forgives and heals a paralytic. Um, calls a, calling to Matthew, talks about the, the wineskins. Then we get to Matthew chapter 12, um, and then the rest of Mark chapter 2 into chapter 3, and Luke, the beginning of Luke chapter 6, kind of going along with the um, changing out of the structure. Um, you have um, the disciples eating grain on the Sabbath, or picking the grain, that was against the rules, and Jesus healing someone on the Sabbath. And of course, he got in trouble for both of those. But he basically, um, in Matthew chapter 12, um, looking at verse 7, but if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless for the Son of Man is Lord uh, over uh, even of the Sabbath. Um, and then Mark chapter 2 to uh, chapter 3 talks about Jesus keeping the Sabbath. Uh, there in verse 4 of chapter 3 of Mark, it says, Then he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. Right? So he's saying, I'm going to heal because that's the right thing to do, not because the letter of the law tells me I'm not supposed to. Right? The following the law, Jesus is making clear, it's more about the spirit of the law than the letter of the law. What we usually emphasize is the letter of the law. Jesus is emphasizing following the spirit of the law. Uh, then Luke chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, um, he is his conflicts, the Sabbath conflicts, uh, same ones that, that you have just been reading about. So as we enter into the weekend, look forward to next Tuesday. Look, read um, Matthew 12, uh, 15 through 21, and then all of Matthew 5. Um, read Mark 3, 7 through 19, and Luke, uh, all of Luke chapter 6. And so we're getting into the Sermon on the Mount in both Matthew and Luke. We're going to take uh, two, two episodes to go all the way through the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so that's what we will do on Tuesday. I hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you then.